Hello again, guys. This is Ready, Set, Live, episode 17. In today's episode, we go over the starter decks of Rise of the Floodborne, their strategies, upgrades for them, and also all of the strategies in the second set so that we can get you prepared for all those cards you're going to see. Ready, set, draw! Welcome back, guys. And today's episode, man, we got a lot to talk about. We got everything revealed so far. Everything. This episode. Everything. Everything. Yeah, this episode could be coming out after people are already opening product. As long as you can get your hands on it, we hope you can get your hands on some product for because uh, you know of the we did. Even if it takes some time, and it takes some time for people to get big box stores and find their starter decks that way. So be it. Hopefully, we have this out before then, but. Um, I sure hope so. Yeah. So the the idea here is we want to get you familiar with these starter decks in the first segment. We want to make sure that you go into your purchase of these starter decks knowing what you're going to get. But also, inevitably, after you've played them together with a family member, you want to know, well, what else can I do with this thing? And so we're going to help you out, kind of hone the strategy in, cut, trim some of the fat, and really focus in what these decks can really do in the what strategy around them. Fat? Man, just because you're that doesn't mean you're not happy. All right. I'm a living example of that. All right. So. Because I can't have tacos <laughs> yeah. as many as I want. So with the starter decks, we have the first starter deck up, which is called, um, what is the name of this one? Uh, tactical Teamwork. So Tactical Teamwork is a amber sapphire deck with the box art of the Queen and Gaston. The that's a combination. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Dear God, that's a combination. So with these decks, the overall strategy that we've put together here, because we have not tested the decks yet, that we are recording this before the release of the, expan- to, of the set. But we are going to be testing these and hopefully getting a gameplay out for y'all of the matchup. But with the strategy of this Amber Sapphire deck, Tactical Teamwork is a good title for it. It's an apt name because it does rely on teamwork and board presence. What I love about this deck are the Seven Dwarf intros. The Seven Dwarves in this deck provide a nice little piece of synergy. Immediately, it's kind of jumping the gun here, but immediately I am saddened by the fact that there is no Snow White in this deck that does the cost yeah, reduction. Yeah, there's no regular Snow oh. Yeah, there's the healing Snow White on play, but it does seem weird to me that they were not going to give you the thing that makes this, the Dwarves cheaper, which tells me within the company, I'm speculating here, but they probably thought a little too good. So as a starter deck, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Probably. But let's run through some notable cards that you, what are some cards that stick out to you in this deck if you're like, okay, I like to see it. The fact that we didn't get to do many other reveals of Mm -hmm. the cards that, that obviously everything's been spoiled now. Can I just go ahead and point out the fact that I called the one drop queen? You said one drop bell. Maybe you said one drop queen. I, when if you did, congratulations. But it is nuts to me that we got a one drop queen. Oh yeah, like that is crazy. Now, Coming up in the strategy, to segment, be fair, we will talk about that. To be fair, it does nothing. It does nothing, but it does everything. Yeah, it does everything. It does what it does you need, nothing. which is be there on turn two. Yes, no, for sure. It yeah. I mean, so dude, it so just, you're talking the one drop queen first off. But yeah. are there any other cards that you're like, wow? Because there's one more. Um, that. there's the next one. If you scroll over. That's also in there too. 
Oh yeah, the 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 actual shift queen is solid. Uh, the that's the foil card in the set too. Bro, Christopher Robin's in this deck. Christopher Robin. Who's that's a idea win condition. was this? That's a win condition card for sure. Anthony, you have a card that sticks out to you. I know you're not much of a sapphire player, but I know you like amber. Yeah, I, I like that both the queens are here. The, mm -hmm. the shift queen, of course, the the Christopher Robin, and I'm glad that all seven of the dwarves are mm -hmm. in this deck. Um, they actually gave you three. Of some of them, I think, yeah, yeah. I'm pr uh, which one is this? Sneezy's at three. Sleepy's at three. Doc's at four. Doc, what? what? No, that's my upgrade. That's oh, my okay. upgrade. Oh, okay, okay. I'm looking. At the, okay, I was about Sneak to say. Peak. <laughs> Hold on. They, they Hold never on. give you the four of, but hey, that's that's gonna be worth noting that you you are gonna want four overall. So, you're gonna want four Doc for sure. So you're liking the seven dwarves. Yeah. And uh, what was the other character you really like to see? Um, or, the, or other card you want oh, to see? Uh, queen. The queen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so one of the cards that I don't really want slept on that's in this deck is winning the poo. I was just about to say that. Thinking a think. Yeah. This guy, or having a think, it's not a really, really good card. Think, think, think. <laughs> it's not really good, but it's definitely something that, like, adds a little spice to the deck. It allows it to do something unique because there is a ruling on the card. It is like fishbone quill so you can do any card so if you for it's some just like reason quill because yeah. it's a three drop <laughs> well yeah too that too but then again being an item is kind of nice sometimes yeah instead of being a character it's harder to remove the other card that i'm really glad to see in this deck is actually the song four, four dozen, dozen eggs. eggs yeah i was seeing that, that card giving your characters resist to until the start of your next turn means it's going to give you a little bit of resilience on the crackback whenever you quest out you have a little bit of safety from their challenges that was nice, and it's at two. So you can kind of expect maybe to see one a game. It's kind of like grab your swords from the previous one. You only had one yeah. of that. If you would have had two, that starter deck, I think, would have been really taking the cream of the crop. But been yeah. busted. Um, one of the really cool additions in this deck is they actually have, in both starter decks, pretty decent card draw. The card draw in this one is uh, mostly revolved around your item presence. So Popsicle at your one drop is going to be card draw on play. And then you have the chance to use Judy Hops to banish an item, which you can use offensively or defensively. And you can banish your own and draw two. So you can banish something like Popsicle Sticks if you don't really don't care much to keep it. And you also have, I always mess with the name of this. Painting the Roses. Painting the Roses. That's Painting the Roses, I think, is a uh, strength. Painting the Roses yeah, that's a strength manipulation. You also get oh. to draw a card, though. Oh, you get to replace it. Ooh, that's nice. That's going to come into play in the strategy segment, too. I forgot that card had that. Well, I forgot the it said the best red. three words in, uh, in, in TCG's draw a card. That's a nice bit of text on there. Um, no, the other one is Hiram Flaversham. He's from the uh, Great Mouse Detective. He says that whenever you, uh, whenever you play him and whenever he quests, you can banish one of your own items and draw two cards. So that's, that's pretty sweet, solid. pretty sweet. And he has a nice six willpower so that he can be a target of some, maybe some challenges, or you can throw him into something, get some healing synergy going on. But regardless, uh, Gaston, the Floodborn, draws a card on entry. That's pretty cool. He's got three lore. He's sweet. Um, overall, to be honest, it does sapphire amber things. You know? Oh, yeah, for sure. It just does. I fill the board, I create problems, you deal with them. But what I'll notice is really, really abundant 
in this uh, this deck is a bunch of strength manipulation. You have minus strength to their guys, plus strength to your guys, um, ways to prevent their strength from mattering with the resist of four dozen eggs. But uh, this is not... This is a unique combo for a starter deck, but this is not like a, a unique concept as far as TCGs go. You know, just making your guys a little bit beefier. You have the, the tribal synergy of the dwarves. It's pretty cool. I think this deck is a perfect candidate, though, for if you can get two, two copies. Oh, yeah. It gets much better it at two copies. It gets much better. Much better at two copies. Not to mention that if you can get your hands on what are actually uncommons, a lot of them are uncommon cards, just a couple of them, maybe even in the pack you get with the starter deck, there's a couple of cards that you can add that are very cheap to this deck that just jump it up in quality. So we are going to go to the upgrade version. Please flip your show notes, and you'll see an upgraded list. It's also on the uh, one of the newer pictures that I sent you in the, in the chat. But in this upgraded list that we've tinkered up, what is the primary strategy that, that Amber and Sapphire share in this set? Healing. Yes. Lots and lots of healing. So... If you can capitalize on that healing, I, I see you put two uh, zero to hero in there, bud. Oh, it's it's a good card for this. It is. I've come around on that card. <laughs> I've come around on zero to hero. Call out to episode fourteen, by the way. But it's a great card. Um, this deck can really utilize what's already existing in some item synergy, and the fact that those items promote a little bit of healing really lends itself to healing will take place. Because resist can kind of be tossed in with stuff like four dozen eggs, you know that you might not be you have you have the ability to kind of challenge into stuff maybe if you want to, and then heal it right up. You can be kind of aggressive with that. Um, every bit of advice we give for starter deck upgrades is usually starting from the same place. You upgrade the deck by starting with two copies of it because you want that consistency of four card four copies of the key cards. Those mainly being um, the queen. One drop. You want oh, four yeah. of it. You also want to have four of the uncommon I was talking about, which was Snow White, Unexpected House Guest, to make your dwarves cost cheaper. Almost all the dwarves you want to be running three or four of. Christopher Robin, who is a rare. Throw two more copies in there. If you can get one extra starter deck, you have two copies. So that's pr a pretty great place to start. The one card that was not in this deck that I'm really, really shocked at was Nick Wilds, or Nick Wild. Nick Wild literally works with Popsicle. Yeah, that is kind of and funny. He was, the the, the one card that works with the the probably the best item in the deck. That is the best item in the deck, it, hands down. Not even there. Yeah, Popsicle is great for card draw replacement and giving the in-the-moment healing that you're looking for, but if you can never get it back, it kind of just limits its possibilities a little bit. I would say... It's going to be a shame if you have to use it without getting some healing, but sometimes you might need to just because you want to get that Judy Hop banished for cards or you want to, uh, I don't know, in the regular version, the non-upgraded version, maybe you want to sacrifice an item with launch and get the five damage onto something. But yeah. overall, the biggest additions in this upgraded version is the Rapunzel's, and they're not even rares. Now... Preface, not that Rapunzel. Oh, not the legendary. Yeah. 
Because we're not, this is budget. Yes, this is budget. budget. The limitations we used for this was for budget. You cannot add any legendaries. We cannot add any super rares. And I would say I kind of took it upon myself to really only do the side of like, in the yeah, rares deck. that are in the deck already or rares sense. that are, I don't think are going to be just world breakers. You know, they're even, even the rares that were really, really good. All of them are under $10 now. So yeah. it's not that crazy to maybe throw a couple in there. So this Rapunzel setup is a common and an uncommon. And they give you healing on demand on a two cost for exerting. And the Floodborne Rapunzel is insane. It gives so you good. a draw card so good. anytime you heal a character, you draw a card. And it's got six willpower. So it can take the damage itself. But Anybody the else best to put Ward in this just to <laughs> yeah, the sardine can is something I would consider honestly. The sardine can item that gives all your exerted characters Ward. Oh yeah, that's something to to consider. Now, with the budget upgrade version, I do want to say the line of play kind of changes a little bit because it's not just about making sure you have something to play on turn one, two, three, four, and you're not looking to just throw an item out anytime you want. You're really looking to control the board. Like I'm looking to get my dwarves out there, make them cheap. Ideally, I get a turn to the queen. That is so strong. Getting a two-lore character with a 4-3 that can immediately quest and give something else negative four strength, something of yours plus one or plus four strength, It it's not maybe going to be as impactful of an ability on turn two, but, but that's it's live. Be, yeah, it's going to be really good no matter when you play. Yeah. So I would say, I know, Anthony, from your time, playing other TCGs, playing against you and with you on other TCGs. Specifically you against you. Not you so much not, with you. Yeah, you haven't, you've played a lot of control in, in Lorcana, but you had an aggressive Amber Amethyst deck. And yeah. I think this budget upgrade I put together here, I think it might scratch a little bit of your itch. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing because I've completely ignored Sapphire cards yeah. the entirety <laughs> of this. And this, yeah. this kind of makes me want to, you know, Dip, dip my uh, are, toes into this. Are you yeah. gonna dabble? I might. You gonna dabble? Yeah, potentially. Oh well, goodness! One of the worst things about Amber before this set came out was there was basically no removal, and Shh, the other you can't tell Amber players that they got <laughs> removal. Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? The removal we added into this now, the card is not insane, but it's very it's solid for like most matchups. It is world's greatest criminal mind. It's a three-cost song that you can exert a three-cost character, and it's free, but you can banish a chosen character with five strength or more. Did you say free? That, it can be free <gasps> if you right. play it, if you exert a three-cost. And there's plenty For of three-costs. The curve of this deck is very solid. So I want to say you have plenty of things that can sing this, but also you have ways to make something have five strength if you need it to. You can support with uh, happy... You can um, increase the strength with Queen. I'm pretty sure she says that you can just increase the strength of a chosen character. Yep, you can increase the strength of a character by negative or decrease by negative four and then increase by four. So you can use the Queen to make something almost guaranteed be targetable by world's criminal greatest criminal mind. So it is pretty dirty. This I is think a really, it's a really fun deck. Yeah, I think this is going to be a nice budget upgrade. There, some of the additions were rares, but. Um, Stuff like Zero to Hero, stuff Just like, like Snow White, stuff like, uh, let's see. I mean, Christopher Robin's a rare. 
even the Rapunzel Floodborne was an uncommon. Nick Wilde is an uncommon. I don't, I can't really assess prices on presale, but I would be shocked, excluding the price of your starter deck, if you had to put more than like 20 bucks into this. I think that would be like totally fair, especially get granted that you're probably going to get some cards that other people might want to trade for. So whenever you get the, this, how much is the starter deck? Seventeen ninety nine is MSRP. Okay. So I would say that that's that's your goal <clears throat> so is to be all in less than fifty. That's pretty much we're a looking at goal. thirty five for two, and then obviously a couple of cards that you need to get multiples of. Mm-hmm. So you can do that for fifty. I I think reasonably you could build this deck for fifty. Yeah. Um, there's, unless there's you know. I mean, the mass majority God of willing. the deck is uncommon cards and two starter decks. The mass majority. Yeah. So this deck, unlike the other one, has a lot of its budget deck comprised of just two decks, which I think is very appealing, especially, guys, among these two starter decks. The Amber Sapphire one is the one I would recommend to someone if they are newer to the game, just because it is going to play in a more simple way. You have a more simple idea in mind, kind of like the Amber Amethyst deck. From set one it's a more linear game style there's some choices you can make but it's not going to require you to really think ahead that much you can kind of just build your board play your dwarves it seems pretty fun like if i had kids that i was playing this with i would give them the amber sapphire deck and let them have a blast so is there anything that we want to say about this amber sapphire deck i think anthony you said you were you're down to dip your toes yeah at least you'll get your toe fun. wet definitely seems fun you gonna get a foot wet, or you gonna get your whole body wet? What are you doing? I mean, let's face it. I'm gonna. I, I'm willing to try everything. You're gonna dive in. I I dive into everything. All right, all right, all right. All right. It's the way okay. I play TCGs okay. in general. Okay. I just want to know if I did a decent job here. Yeah, no, you did budget. good. Okay, you did good. I'll let I you be the, the budget, judge at home. I think the budget deck yeah. is solid. I think. Okay. I think we're gonna have some fun. All right, we're gonna move on to the next starter deck. I know a lot of people. This is the one they're eyeing. This is the one they're looking at, thinking. I'm going to invest my love, time, and attention into this because it has a precious strategy that has been blooming ever since a few reveals occurred. This is Might and Magic. Just to rattle off a few key cards here, it has... Some good stuff. Oh, yeah. Mouse armor. Basically the full Merlin suite. All of the Mims minus the dragon, which... That's a legendary. I imagine they don't want to add a legendary to the starter deck. It has stuff like um, the Prince with Bodyguard and Resist. It also has Tiana, the Resist and Stop You from Playing Actions if she's exerted and you have no cards in hand. Um, it has Kronk, the one that basically has Giant Fairy's ability on it with Resist. Wow. That is nice. Squeak, squeaker, squeaking. Yeah. And... It, the other box art, Tiana's one of the box arts. The other box art is Merlin Shapeshifter, the card it that, in my be. mind, will infamously go down in our first reveal of cards where we were like, I just don't get it, man. Why would you ever want to play this card? I mean, Anthony's going to play Befuddle like crazy. I get it. But remember that, Anthony? Yeah. The, you were like, man, I'm going to be Befuddling. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even the, know. I had no I, idea. You had no idea. I, I just like knew. The, I feel like the funny thing was that Ant pointed it out immediately. It's like... There's got to be something more. Yeah. There's got to be more to this it, that we're just not seeing yet. I, and boy, howdy, were you right. Yeah. I can admit when I was wrong, I was wrong. However, I don't want to pretend like you knew that we were going to get this much. 
Not this you know much. Not definitely this not much. this much. Yeah, definitely but not this much. This is insane. I do want to commend uh, Ravensburger for their deck construction here. It is really cool to me that they are at least willing to put three ofs of a lot of these Merlin and Mims together to fill out this deck and make it where the strategy can really take take hold. Um, I understand why they excluded some of the cards that I included in the budget upgrades. Like, I understand why they did not put Gruesome and Grim in here. I understand why they did not put Floodborne Madam Mim in here. And I understand why they didn't include the dragon. That would be nuts. However, because it's a legendary. The sleeper card in this deck to me. The mouse on me, dude. Oh, yeah. No, the moment that I saw that was at two in the but, starter deck, I was like. Man, but the other, the other sleeper card, other than mouse armor, the one that I'm like, ooh, that's gonna be really, really dirty. It's hey hey, the one that goes back to your hand when it's banished. That is something that starter decks are really gonna love. I just want to point out that hey became a phoenix. Yeah, that's it's beautiful. Here's the art of hey hey, guys. No, I will let it cover my face. No longer a chicken. He is now yes. a phoenix. The yeah. majestic phoenix of Hey Hey. Beautiful card. I would have never thought that one of the top arts of Rise of the Floodborne would be a card called Hey Hey. <laughs> but Hey Hey is one of those cards that whenever it comes down, it's not like it's winning you the game outright, but it does say, hey, if you can't end this game, at least I have the chicken. You know? I can make sure that in this little battle of attrition we have going on here, I will never run out. You will. So that's just a beautiful include to me. Not that it's ever going to be relevant in every game. Let's go back to Chick-fil-A, bro. <laughs> it's not going to be rel relevant in every game, but in the games where it matters, it will be the deciding factor. So that's pretty cool. We're saying, we're saying right now in 2023 that hey is going to be a deciding factor in yes. this? Yes, in some games. Oh, somewhere in the oh world, dear God. someone is going to say the sentence, man, you have hey, hey. <laughs> Someone's going to say it. I'm going to be that guy that gets out the amber one yeah. it's like oh man you got hey hey but not the good one not the good yeah one. anthony what's your favorite card in the set or in this in this starter deck my apologies but my favorite card yeah. what's your favorite card like what, what card jerks are you excited about in this what are you excited all to see the, in this all of the memes like just and the the memes and the merlins mm -hmm. oh man it's just the, the bounce the bounce <laughs> can we talk about the fact that dr facilier got a four drop evasive is it a 4-1 or 4-2? It's a 4-2. 4-2. That's pretty good. But the reason why it's good is because his his bigger half, the the shift version Agent from Provocateur. The, yeah, is a 5. It can basically get it a little more protection if you that's, wanted to. That's yeah. really good. That's pretty sweet. I mean, the thing is, if you're going to play him on 4 and then shift on turn 5, he's not going to be exerted anyways. Yeah, no. Right? So it's like the evasive's not really mattering, but... It it does matter with Cinderella out there. Anything oh. that can attack it, a, a uh, the pick a fight and Cinderella are both in the set. So readied characters aren't really yeah, safe they're against no longer steel. They are no longer protected against steel. Yeah, that's that's a no. Thank you. That's a good. That's I didn't even think about that. Cinderella changes things, man. Cinderella changes everything. So one of the cards that I look at and I'm like, man, they really had to give you one was the Madame Mim Fox. That's the one that I'm like, you gave us three goats. But you couldn't give us three foxes. You know, it's like if you were hand selecting the ones that are like super good, I understand if I'm being, if I'm trying to, if I think about it for a second, just a second. The fox is really strong. So you don't want to just 
cut cut players off at the knees and let every single uh, might and magic player like just run into anything on the in the early game for free. However, what are we gonna do with first to upgrade this deck? We get three of them things, or four of them things. We're actually. gonna buy a second copy of this deck, but we're also gonna get two more foxes because we've got to keep it going. We're talking to all of our friends who have this deck yeah. and being like, "Hey, you you use that fox? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need to borrow that." That's the beauty of it. It's even if people don't want to play this deck, they're still gonna get that card if they buy one. So this card, the fox and the goats, should be all over the market, and it shouldn't be too inaccessible. Um, before we get into the budget upgrade version, I do want to emphasize a couple strategy notes of the deck. This does not feature Floodborns. It does not feature anything that has to do with um, the Floodborne strategy and synergy, even though eva- even though the Amethyst cards of this set do have that in their DNA. You got the uh, the Blue Fairy and stuff that lets you draw when you play Floodborne, stuff like that. The Fairy Godmother, pretty sure he... That's a Cinderella thing. I'm, I'm blanking. Either way, that's not a focus of this. It's a really good card. Yeah. The the main focus of this is going to be that bounce strategy, but also resist. Mouse armor is good. Yes, it that is. That card looks so fire. I, It's just going to make every single thing, because resist stacks, it's going to make every single thing you have, you can play multiple mouse armors and just make it where you never take damage in your trades. And it's not like this deck is going to have a really, really hard time getting those trades to occur because if they left something exerted and you can't you can't challenge it right now you they gave you cards like i'm stuck just to let it sit there and get stuck exerted they also gave you the ability uh to use the card freeze which exerts the character outright i understand why they didn't give you elsa they didn't want that to be completely repeatable but that have been bad oh very bad yes because nothing's gonna be worse than, than an elsa freezing your some freezing something you have down and then a fox rushes in you feel hopeless but overall, there are some cards that I would consider kind of dead weight here. A strategy section tidbit I want to emphasize. You may be tempted at the beginning to, when you're mulliganing with this deck, to say, I don't need the cup. I don't need Tiana, the one drops in the deck. You probably should yeah, keep them do. in your hand, even if you have multiple. You want to ink one, sure. But you probably should put one out on turn one. Even if it's something that you don't love to do, even if you want to get to your meteor stuff with your two drops and three drops, because if you want to play a mem on turn two, you have to have something you need to return to your hand. So while it was tempting to cut some low drop cards for the upgrades, we do could it. not do it. Don't do it. So that brings Heck, us. Heck, we even added more. Yeah. That brings us to the upgrade section of the deck. Budget upgrades. This was a challenge to me. Because there were so many cards I love in this deck. There's so many so many things that are like really cool in the deck that I'm like, I just it just doesn't it just doesn't work as a cohesive unit. So you it's kind of like the Amber Amethyst deck in the first in the first set. It had all the princesses and it had all the brooms and Mickey's and low drop stuff that you're like, yes. So the first thing you had to do. By the way, did you see the 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 Mecha broom? Yes, the steel broom. It gives resist. Makes absolutely. No, I mean, I get it, but that, <laughs> it to, anyway. Yeah, it makes no sense. But it's a broom. Like, it is a broom. We gonna get a broom in every color? Probably. I want it. Give them seven sets. It'll happen. So with this upgrade section, the focus here was we're gonna shave off the 
aspects of this deck that are just pretty much standalone cards. Like, there's a bunch of vanilla cards that were, like, uh, just stat sticks with some lore. Like, Lilo Galactic Hero, you got rid of that. Eli, Eli LaBeouf, you got rid of that. Uh, Naveem, Prince Naveem, get rid of it. But you fill the deck with some more one-drops with Simba Future King. And so that's some card selection, too, because if you have Merlins, you want Mims, and if you have Mims, you want Merlins. So you want that card selection. I did have to get rid of Cinderella, the Knight in Training, the one that's a two-drop. However, you can throw that card back in if you want. It doesn't really work with the deck anyway. It doesn't. Not not as much. Yeah, you don't have the, the high Cinderella, which is a super rare, by the way, which is why it's not in here. Um, this deck had so many super rares and legendaries that I wanted to add, but I just couldn't. So it stops being budgeted. Oh man, it's tough. Uh, but with this deck, one thing I was shocked by, there's no friends on the other side and it's an amethyst deck. So how dare they? We've got to get some more like on demand draw and the deck plays a bunch of three cost characters. So it's not like you don't have the means to play friends. We're going to add more of Maleficence because you want to draw cards. You want to see more stuff. Because Rush is really nice, I think the Pocket Watch is very complimentary. One card that I wanted to cut at first and, and it wasn't in the deck the first time I made this little budget upgrade was Benja. I know you're thinking, Benja, that staple? Benja is the steel uh, four-cost card or three-cost card that when he's played, removes an item. He's right in the corner there in that picture. He removes an item. Vanishes an item when he's played. So he's basically a cheaper version of, of Beast. Uh, Beast. Yeah. So the issue with that, he's actually better than Beast to me because he's got two lore and he's three costs with a two three body. That's that's just more convenient to me. I don't I don't care about the stats that much when I play Beast. I just want the effect, you know, for cheap. Um, you got to have Benja in this deck if you're budget upgrading. With the caveat, if you're playing against the other starter deck. Because you do not want them to have free reigns of gumbo pots, willy nilly, no matter what. Such a good card. Yeah, you. If they have a Rapunzel in a gumbo pot, you are in trouble. <clears throat> so you're going to use that Benja, and you're going to pour that gumbo pot straight into the trash. This deck overall, we're just upping the consistency. We're adding more uh, rabbits. We're adding an extra goat in there. The cool addition was Pinocchio, the Floodborne Pinocchio too, to help I with love the bounce. That Pinocchio, dude, that is. You can use that offensively as well. For sure. Um, another card, Anthony, I know you're going to love it. Second row, far to the right. What did we toss in here? Another Gruesome and Grim. Yes, gruesome sir. And Grim. Yes, sir. That's only a rare. So I thought it was fair game. If that card ends up being mad expensive, then, you know, so be it. By the way, in the tactical teamwork one, shout out to that previous segment. I wanted to add the Snow White so bad that lets you get a card from discard. But it's a legendary. It's a legendary. It's so, so good. Oh my gosh! So with this one, the card I wanted to add Banish so bad. Manipulation. Yeah, th there was one card I wanted to add so bad Problem. to this deck, but it's a super rare. It's Arthur. Mm. Arthur, if you pull an Arthur in your packs, or you can trade for one somehow, he would make this deck so good. Him with a goat. It's the goat. It's the goat. <laughs> it's That's nuts. why he's the goat. It is the goat. All right, so you've heard what the decks are, how you could upgrade them, the strategy of how you're playing them, but we have one more little tidbit that I think is going to be useful for a lot of people at home, and it is the matchup. If you are playing in any kind of starter deck challenge, if you are playing in any kind of event where you're going to be playing against these decks, playing against each other, 
The mirror match is the mirror match. The more you play your own deck, the more you know what to do against it. But when they're playing against each other, I have a couple notes, and I can run through these pretty quick. I have not tested these myself, but with my analysis of this, I think I can kind of evaluate how things are going to go. First off, they seem pretty fair. I don't see a bu- an abundance of card draw in the in the regular versions, and not the budget upgrades, but the regular versions of the deck. There's not an abundance of card draw uh, over the other one in either of these. There's not an abundance of removal because you can kind of see a lot of that strength manipulation as removal. You can kind of see some of this rush stuff as removal. Um, it's a pretty fair, even playing field. But I want to break down the matchup from the perspective of each deck. And you tell me, with this, with this strategy in mind, how difficult the strategy seems after I give it to you, okay? Let's say we're playing tactical teamwork. The, I say that the best opening you could possibly have is a queen shift. Oh, yeah. Just stats immediately on the board. But a dwarf and some popsicles are still great. The bounce deck is looking to play a rush fox on turn three. So you really want to be careful what you uh, exert prior to that turn. And using strength manipulation is key to trade up and get over some resist characters. So you want to make sure you have some way of manipulating strength if you can get to it, just so that whenever you uh, have that presence on board, you know it can get over that pesky resist stat. Next, your card draw usually requires an item to be played, so you never want to waste a turn. If you have the ability to play a popsicle, just throw it down. If you have the ability to fill in your turn with a gumbo pot and you're not sure if you need to use it later, the gumbo pot's actually useful, not just for its healing, but the fact that it's an item that's already on board that you've already paid for. The more you say popsicle, the more that I want one. So uh, I'm just... We'll get you a popsicle, don't you yeah. worry. It'd be so funny if on the next segment we come in and he's just... <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah. tempt me. I'll do it. Yeah. So the card draw requires an item to be in play because you're going to be like Judy Hops and hear him flavor shams. Um, so you want to play those items when you can. Their only answer to your items is Binja. So it's not like you're just wasting a gumbo pot if you throw it out. And if they really play a binja after you play gumbo pot on two, they just devoted their entire turn to a binja on turn three, which is just answering you. So just throw it right back in their face, you know? Fling something different. Get rid of the binja. Who cares? Next, it is definitely worth saving Judy Hops. If you don't need the card draw, Judy Hops is your best answer, kind of your only answer, to mouse armor. That will be a pesky item to deal with, and you have the means to get rid of it. So, if they have mouse armor, Judy hops time. In the mirror she match, hopping in, boys. In the mirror match, if you're playing Might and Magic against Might and Magic, you save that Benja for mouse armor, one hundred percent. Um, that wraps up the tactical teamwork. So, how hard does that strategy seem to be to stick to? Like, how realistic do you think that is of a strategy? I think it sounds delicious. <laughs> The gumbo pot and the popsicle. <laughs> it's all food. I mean, I get it. I get it. Anthony, does that seem like a, a good strategy to you? Do you have any Sounds critiques? Fine. Sounds fine. I can't wait to, to do it. <gasps> One of you guys. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the hard part. If I want to win a game, I have to beat you. You know, I have to watch you cry. Anyways. Or watch yourself cry. You can play in a mirror. That's the thing. I, the dream would be I give all these tips. Someone goes to a starter deck challenge. I play against them and they use these tips against me. That'd be brutal. I feel like Thank we've you. done this before. <laughs> Thank you, Jacob. Now, as far as that strategy, I don't think 
following those rules is too hard. I think it would kind of follow the natural pace of how you want to play the game. I think the biggest tip, though, though, was the Judy Hop situation and the mouse armor. Like, don't just throw Judy Hops down because you can. If they haven't played mouse armor yet, be prepared. That's not in this deck. No, it's not. So the next deck is Might and Magic. Here are the overall tips of strategy. They're pretty short. Your characters should be able to trade more easily with resist innately. So trading is more favorable for you because, skipping to the last point here, the long game is more of your friend than theirs. With Steel and Amethyst, you are naturally going to be mitigating their board presence more easily. I would say the tactical teamwork looks to go wide more so. You look to go taller more so. You look to build singular threats that can take stuff out and remain on the board and to take out the next thing too. You're, if you're two for wanting, you're doing good. So your character should be easy, easily able to trade. So you want to try and limit the characters they have on board when possible because your win condition comes from really sticky characters with resist and surprise plays like Goat and Shapeshift Merlin to gain more lore than they may have anticipated. And lastly, Kronk can clean it up and Christopher Robin will take it home. Or sorry, Christopher Robin, because Christopher Robin will take them home. If Kronk can clean up the board, you can get one good banish. You can start taking out the small stuff. And you can make sure that Christopher Robin they play, if they inevitably draw their one copy of it, is no longer a problem. Because if they get to turn five or so, and the tactical teamwork deck has like four to five characters out, you're in trouble. Ideally, you get to go first so that you can get your Kronk out before their Christopher Robin can really start cranking. It's the same cost, essentially. So... That's all the tips. Does it seem easy? I mean, basically. I mean, it's very easy for you to go tall and me go wide. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it, that's... <laughs> the chairs equalize, guys. I'm tall. <laughs> so, so, what what do you think, Anthony? Do you think that's a, a strategy that, that could work against team team uh, tactical teamwork? Right, <gasps> but it's starting to really look like what um, tactical teamwork has the advantage, basically. It seems like it's pretty even to me. There is a article by Eric, Eric Switzer at The Gamer that I read when before I budget upgraded these because I needed a little bit of inspiration. I'm pretty sure he's gotten to test these things because he got them early. That'd be pretty lucky. sweet. Very lucky for him. He said, because he's actually tested them, that it's a pretty fair match. Okay. Um, I would say based, we'll on, trust you. Yeah, based on my analysis of this stuff, just looking at the cards, looking what's possible in the plays, the flow of a game can never be predicted. But it seems to me like tactical teamwork is easier. Just because I know that if I were playing the Might and Magic deck, I would look at it and go, oh, man, is it worth it to return this crab to my hand to not really give anything of note challenger three this turn just so I can get the fox out and get rid of that two drop? Like, you kind of have to think, like, is it is it worth it? You have to make card evaluation situations uh, or card evaluation moments have to be, like, big for you. If you're playing and you're an experienced TCG player and you're just piloting the deck to the best of your ability, I think the the bounce one actually has some more like c -c -c combo moments right. where you can really shine with your knowledge of the game. That being said, I don't know what you do against the turnkey queen. If you can get that out, oh my gosh, you really control the flow of the game because any character they play and dare quest with, done. I'll say this: it's much harder to do that when it's a one-off. Yeah. So, for like, sure. just straight up out of the box, the starter deck, mm -hmm. like, you're going to be mulliganed. 
heavy to be able to get that clean. You could. And, and I wouldn't recommend it. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't recommend, recommend it either. It. I'm just saying if you get it, you're you, in good you, shape. Yeah. That being go, said. Go for broke. Do it. More often than not, it's kind of like with the uh, Ruby Emerald starter decks of the set of set one. I remember watching the Ruby Emerald starter deck and thinking like, man, if you can get Aladdin, you're set. But that wasn't the card that won you games. The card that won you games with the Ruby Emerald starter deck in that set was Jasper. Jasper just locked the game down. Because he's, he's really good. He's really good. So there's sneaky cards in here, and I think the sneaky card in the Might and Magic is Mouse Armor, and I think the sneaky card in uh, Tactical Teamwork, where is that deck? The sneaky card in here is probably, I mean, the Queen's just so good, but she ain't sneaky. The sneaky. <laughs> You're going to see that one coming a mile away. The sneaky card in here probably is going to be. Christopher Robin. Well, that, that's also a one of, though. Honestly. It's tough to find a singular card in here, but Cruella is pretty cool. She has evasive and she's a three-two statted body, but she's not really repetitively doing something. Um, you know, Judy Hopps just giving you card draw really could be super strong. Yeah, no, that's a really good card. At first glance, I could be missing something. If I'm missing something, guys, let me know. But it seems like teamwork. Give you the know, comments. They really do stick to their namesake. There's no I in team because all these cards work together. So. That wraps up our starter deck segment. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We will be back with some strategies introduced in set two. Coming at you soon after this break. This episode is also sponsored by Meeple City Games. Looking for a local game store in your four states area of Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Oklahoma? Meeple City Games is the place for you. Stocking TCGs such as Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh!, One Piece, and Lorcana, Meeple City Games is your one-stop shop for all your TCG needs. Check out the link in the description below to check out their location. Meeple City Games, come join the fun. Thank you very much, Meeple City. Welcome back, viewers. We are ready to talk about some strategies introduced in set two. Not really just new keywords or anything, but more so like the deck archetypes that are kind of taking shape, getting support, definitely getting better, and really getting my interest. I know, Tyler, you have a few. Anthony, you have a few. I have a few. We're going to go through this pretty quick, but just know that if there is a strategy that you really, really like among the ones we discuss, tell us in the comments below. Maybe we could do an entire mini episode breaking down like a whole deck list or something so we could really hone in on specific cuts and cards that we like. So the strategy that we want to start with, Anthony, we are looking at the lovely Disney Lorcana app to see the card catalogs of everything they recently added. Ravensburger doing it right. Yeah. One note I will mention, positive criticism here. I love deck building on the app. However, when I share the deck list, I have to do it in two pictures. I would love for the ability to screenshot my deck and to have it be just a long, tall picture. That, I that, be able to PDF it. That, or, I mean, I would just say... There's functionality in other apps where I've taken a picture like fantasy football where I take a screenshot of my team and it like is a very long picture, but it's one image. You know what I mean? Right. We love the app. But if there's one little like note of like, I would love it if that was added. That's my biggest ad ask. So if you agree at home, let them know. Anyways, Anthony, what's the strategy? What's the strategy you want to focus on first? Definitely want to strip. Focus on the bounce strategy. Oh yeah, with amethyst and also emerald. So what are the what are like the 
you know, like Yu-Gi-Oh had like Egyptian god cards. What are the Egyptian god cards of this strategy for you? Like your land, your Mount Rushmore of bounce. Um, what are you looking at? Of course, I mean, if if you go Egyptian god card route, <laughs> you got to say the dragon. I mean, because yeah. it's just mem dragon. Yeah, but mem the sky dragon. Mem the sky dragon. So who's the obelisk in that analogy? Oh, the obelisk. I think the obelisk, it might it might just be Merlin shapeshifter. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, you need it, you know. Yeah, but but that's a fun that's a fun analogy. <laughs> but the cards that I, I'm really looking looking at are, you know, of course, Madame Mim. Oh yeah, and every form and her pot. Yeah, what's your favorite? What's your favorite Mim? I think that's kind of worth saying because the lost episode was the balance episode, right? So, what's your favorite Mim? Oh yeah. So now it's easy to say the Floodborne one. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you from saying the Floodborne one. Okay, you cannot say the Floodborne mem. What is your favorite mem transformation? Yes, the uh, mems. So you have in total, your options are the fox, the dragon, and the snake. I thought there were more, but I guess I thought there was more too. That's why I was. Yeah, it's the fox, the dragon, and the snake. Probably the fox then. I mean the fox, yeah. Yeah. It's it's gotta be the fox. Yeah. The the snake is cool and all, but it's also just a an overstatted character. So it's like if you can get something with one cost that comes in and does something like Jasmine, there's a sapphire jasmine in the set that heals when it's played. That's a different deck discussion. Anyways. Tyler, what's your favorite? Uh, oh, funny enough, healing. He, oh, I was saying like not not the strategy. Uh, in the in the whole bounce strategy. What what's your contribution to the Mount Rushmore? He said the Mem Dragon. If you're, I think I know what you want to say if you're not thinking of it right now. Is Merlin? Okay, then I'll say the other one. My Mount Rushmore contribution is Arthur. Getting to return for lore. And then I think we can all agree, the fourth edition, you have Mem the Sky Dragon. It's, it's evasive. It's kind of fitting, honestly. You have Merlin the Shapeshifter. Arthur, the student who returns lore for returning, and then the fourth member, the goat. <laughs> the, goat. the goat and and Arthur are going to change games. It's a five lore combo. Yes. Realize Mim Dragon and Merlin uh, is the dark magician. I mean, that's kind of cool. I, I feel like it. it fits better. I can dig it. That's enough Yu-Gi-Oh. All right. <laughs> We've given it its due 30 seconds. Just trust me. I want to move on from Yu-Gi-Oh. 30 seconds. I feel like this is an entire segment. Okay. Now I think we can move on. Tyler, what is your strategy you were yeah, looking forward back. to? Uh, so the strategy that I'm looking forward to is healing because I felt like it was a super undervalued um, deal at the beginning. It was of, it was rare set. to have healing be very useful. And I then, can give you that. And then everybody was like, hey, you know that Rapunzel car is pretty good. Yeah, the Rapunzel is like Rapunzel's good. It's not that healing. Yeah, good, the, you know? he, that, that's healing itself it was not great because what does Rapun Rapunzel do? Yeah, it lets you draw cards. Exactly. It Thanks. it does it does one thing that everybody wants to do. It's just the same to me just as draw a card. as if if there was a card that was like Mother Gothel and it on play damaged a character for as much as you wanted and you got to draw that many cards, I feel like people would be like, you know, I always said damage was a really, really good mechanic. It's like, no, card draws are fucking 
Yes. Card so, draw. Card draw is a great mechanic, yeah. which is the reason why so what, if we're going to talk about at least draw in oh general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you know? Rapunzel's still really good. Yeah. Uh, but just not that Rapunzel. The, the new, the new Rapunzel. shift version of Rapunzel is amazing. So we talk about healing. Rapunzel does the heal, and then the other Rapunzel gets you the draw, and that Rapunzel gives you draw. So yeah. much draw. There's, there's a lot of Rapunzels to me. Like, come on, pick another character. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, <laughs> man. She's, nah, man. All of them are good, but... She's the so goat. That can be your contribution. The Rapunzel Floodborne can be your contribution because I don't want to just do a Mount Rushmore for every single one, but it's it's kind of fun to talk about like what are the marquee cards that are like, okay, you just made this a relevant strategy, you know? Yeah, Rapunzel's is really solid. And then uh let me talk the, about my man. Yeah, you got it. Because I know what it's you're It's my gonna, favorite card yeah. in the entire set. That's all I'm asking. He's Grand Pabby. Grand Pabby is the card that said, Rapunzel, I'm with you. Hold, I, can, I yeah. can do better. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I know you're healing and drawing cards, but how do you actually win this game? You get lore. So how about we take your card draw, and instead of that, whenever you heal, I, get, I win you the game. Does, did Grandpappy nice. basically just walk in with a Kanye moment on Rapunzel? Is like, look, I'm going to let Let's you finish. finish. <laughs> but, but, but that gumbo but, pop but, was some <laughs> of the greatest stuff I've tasted of all time. <laughs> all time. No, it's it, it, look at me at home. Look at me. If you get the chance and you pull a grand pabby in your pack, I don't care if you're playing limited and you want you didn't even draft sapphire cards with the intention of playing them. Play grand pabby anywhere you can. Tweet at us. T- send us an image of you playing grand pabby, and I will write you a poem. I'll write every single person who tweets me an image of them playing grand pabby. I will write you a poem. It'll be a haiku or something, but I appreciate that so much. Please do it. Next, Anthony, what is I love your, it. What is what is your um what is your Mount Rushmore contribution for healing? Is there is there a card that sticks out to you that was like, "Oh, healing's good now." Um Poem idea just hit me. Man, I love that cry. poem idea. <laughs> I, I can see it now. Hold on, hold on. Jacob. <laughs> Hashtag. It's gonna be so when we do a, when we do our box opening, you know how I freaked out for Mickey Mouse, Brave Little Taylor? It's Grand Pabby. And he's a super rare, so we're gonna see him. We should. We should. Anyways. Anthony, was there a contribution to healing that you liked? Healing, forget healing. I'm just all about these seven dwarves. Okay, okay. I'll let it segue to Tyler. You're next, but you're going to get two in a row. How about that? Your dwarf. Tribal is something that exists a lot. That term kind of coined from magic, where it's like one of all tribes, like a similar creature type in that game. For character types in this game, uh, I love that they made seven dwarves a character type. Oh, <laughs> we're not playing dragons. We're, you're you're not playing dragons. But the seven dwarf thing, Anthony Tyler brought up tribal as one of his favorite like archetypes is getting a, getting a boost. You're right. What are you going to blend with dwarves? I know that's that is an amber, but is there a color in particular that you're like? I just really want to see if this works with the seven dwarves. That's I have one in mind that you actually already make. 
More amber. That's that's initially what I was thinking. But uh, I'm guessing what amber amethyst. I mean, yeah, you already have an amber amethyst yeah. deck, and I was gonna say that like the one thing that they don't do well is card draw. Right. And um, they already kind of want that go wide strategy to happen, and amethyst really propagates that with refilling your hand more. It has other low cost stuff. I could see like the Pinocchios. You can already play your three yeah. lore Pinocchio and then shift onto it if you really want to protect it, give it some more stats. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So the other tribe that I want to keynote, I forgot who it was on Twitter. I'll try and find the screenshot uh, that I saw of it. I think it might have been first to 20 that's, that tweeted this, but they showed a chillin' to villain deck. And I, I was on like a whole walk in my neighborhood talking to Dylan. And I was like having a mind opening moment of like, in this set, we no longer have to make a deck and say, okay, what can I put in here to make 60 cards work? Like, are there enough? Because you remember you made the villains at Gen Con. And it was like, it was like an amber, uh, emerald villain deck. And at the time I was like, but you got to play like a lot of like whatever villains to make that work. And it could have had its moments, but it wasn't like a function, a functional like, beat down deck you get to choose the villains you want now like if it's you get a choice a buffet of options of like i'll take a little hades i'll take a little hans i'll take a little uh tremaine i'll take a little uh, not flynn but i'll take a little evil queen that was all emerald and, and amber yeah so the villain yeah villain tribal Villain Tribal is actually legitimately looking good. The deck list that I had, as long as I can get the screenshot, if not, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, that deck looked so fun because it really, really keyed in on the fact that like it can do its own thing. It does not rely on Hades as a win condition. It just uses Hades as like a, oh yeah, and another thing. You didn't expect me to crank out seven lore this turn did you because every single card in my deck is a villain it's it is nuts yeah so tribal tyler was yours anthony kind of spiced it up i want to go get one of my strategies that i'm really looking forward to it kind of ties into our card reveal that ravensburger was so generous to give us it is the self damage uh strategy why are you putting yourself <laughs> it is the self why did you <laughs> This man, this man just touched me without my consent to hurt me. That's not self-damage. You moved my hand. Anyway. You hit yourself. I need, to be, I need to be hydrated for what I'm about to do. <laughs> Which is get into some cards. So self-damage introduced with stuff like Teeth and Ambitions, but also introduced with the uh, James Reiner on Twitter. Congratulations, bro. Uh, getting a card reveal of Mother Gothel, which it's a 3-4 that comes in with three damage counters. Also helped, because you can't just deal damage if you want to do self-damage. You also get to draw cards. You can use Dinner Bell, sacrificing your damage characters to draw for the amount of character amount of damage they had on them. It is something that is, like, really, really cool. And the thing is, self-damage would be one thing that Ruby can lean into, but it's got to have support from something else to make it truly realized. And there's two colors. Grand Pabby. Sapphire, when I inevitably want to heal them back up, is really, really good for that. But the other that ties into your strategy is healing with Amber. It is the first time that I've looked at an Amber deck and thought, yes, 
I think I could do that. I don't love Amber usually, but this deck, healing is something I can get down with. Whenever you were forcing me to heal with Dinglehopper, I was, I was asking for a different utensil. But yeah, it, it, it's not it's not good, but it's something. It's it's mini gumbo pot, right? So I, I would rather pay one more and get some more versatility because you want to synergize with the grand pack. You know, you want to get multiple characters healed. Um, it's just something that's really cool because you can't always reliably get your characters damaged. But now with some of these synergies we have in Ruby in this set, it is more reliable. So what is another strategy that y'all would like to focus? Anthony, you got one? No. I could have sworn you would have done Lore Rush. I could have sworn. That's just a, it's just aggro. You're right. That's got, it's gotten even better, though. It is better in a different color. You already think about that, right? Might as well think about it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. it will. It, it's it's good in amber. You already play amber. Yeah, and it's good in emerald. And I play emerald. Do you? Yeah, you don't play emerald unless it was mill. You didn't really play any any emerald either. That's true. That's something you really got to dive into, man. Yeah. Em emerald. <laughs> it's like Bruno. We don't talk about yeah. Bruno either. Emerald and sapphire, Anthony. I'm telling you, if you're not on this, you got to get on this. It has some, like the Bell Archer, mm -hmm. they're never going to challenge her, right? So with with Sapphire, you get resist options or you get ward options to protect those pesky emerald things. What made Cusco so good? He had ward. You can make so many things become a Cusco with Sapphire because Sapphire also is getting the early game synergy of like more aggressive characters and more protection for those characters. It's pretty, pretty cool, man. So I think you should be dabbling in that. Probably will. If right. it's if it's anything rush, mm -hmm. just <laughs> my hands and hey, yeah, I'm it, all about it. Emeralds do Emeralds doing a lot of carrying in the on the aggressive side of things, but uh, but but Sapphire and Amber both offer some cool options. Tyler, you got one you want to highlight? It's kind of in the same colors, honestly. Why not talk about? This entire set is supposed to be about Floodborns. Ah, uh, yeah. Floodborn synergy is real now. There are so many Floodborns, and it in every color. I would say this: the best, in my opinion, the best payoff for your Floodborn strategy is an Amethyst, because it's going to give you the ability to draw a card each time you play one. However, what's the next best one in your opinion? Like, what's? I mean, steel is really good. Steel. What does steel do? Is it just the damage? It, does it it's do, not does just it do the, damage. It's not just the damage. It's the I ability the to board. stop damage. Oh, with resist, man. Yeah. I mean, sapphire is obviously. I. You know what? Scratch that. Sapphire is the best one. Oh, because you get the blanket. Hands. Resist. Da it's not just blanket resist. It's the fact that. 100% overall, the best thing about Sapphire, it's the only color that has anthems. That's true. I would I, here here's the thing though. Your payoff in Sapphire for Floodborns is Miss Judson, the one who like gets you basically the Detective Mickey effect each time you play a Floodborne, which is something that's like good. But that's not like a I hang my hat on it type synergy. 
Mm-hmm. I just think Sapphire is really good because it has really good Floodborne characters, yeah. right? So your Aurora's from set ones, your grandfather clocks from this set, even Gaston, I think, is a legitimately decent uh, Floodborne character. No, Gaston. That being said, to pass up the a chance to play a Floodborne Cinderella is a crime. Uh, Floodborne Jafar, the giant mecha snake. <laughs> that one, that one is sick, man. He whenever he challenges and banishes something, you draw a card, and you get super good stats on a steel Jafar underneath it, which is just like a three two that gets evasive on your turn. Like that's that is sweet. So steel's actually getting there, man. Steel has giant Tinkerbell. That's, I mean, hey. Steel, Amethyst, Floodborns. Is that what you're going to do? Or are you going to try? Oh, Hercules too. All right. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. All right, get the gumbo pot out now. Get We're cooking. Gumbo. We're cooking. All right. So a couple other strategies. There is a strategy. Now, this, this, is, this can be a quick one. Queen Fling. It was mentioned, I believe, by Jedi Geek Girl on Twitter. Uh, thank you for all your submissions, guys, who are uh, offering different strategies for us to talk about. Queen Fling is focusing on the Emerald Queen card. Let me pull it up. I don't want to get it wrong here. The Emerald Queen card that has no lore, but has something a little bit uh, trickier in mind. So, the oh my gosh, I keep on tapping away from it. Oh, it's good. It's real good. It has an exert ability. That's what I'm trying to find it here. Here we go. A three-cost uninkable, the queen disguised peddler. Two strength, three willpower. The ability, a perfect disguise. Exert, choose and discard a character card. Gain lore equal to the discarded character's lore. Yum. Whoa. I will take a bite of that apple. So with the queen, you can do things like break the rules of the game, kind of and take these high lore characters that usually would require a lot of build-up time or a specific condition to be uh, super strong. Flynn Rider, the new Floodborne Flynn Rider. That's four lore, right? Has four lore. You can chuck him. He has four lore inherently on the card. He doesn't require some ability to pump him up like Bell would. So you actually get four lore when you pitch him with the queen. Why am I feeling like I mean, Mickey Mouse, you can fling too. <laughs> My thought would be with the queen, with the strategy this is really leaning into was Amber because of the legendary that Amber just got. Snow White, when she quests, you get something from your discard pile and put it into your hand. So you can just immediately start just fling it, bring it back, fling it, boomerang, fling it. Yeah. That's it's awesome. your best friend. It is a super cool deck because you got to, every time a card comes out, you think about what it can do on its own, but you also got to consider what it can do when it's paired with itself. When you can get two, you can start to get surprise plays happening. And it's not some blasphemous thing to play a three-cost thing and a three-cost thing and let it sit there and just hope it doesn't get removed. And then on the very next turn, pitch to the discard pile two cards that are high lore. That's scary. You can get half your win condition based off that play. Yeah, man. But Tyler, do you have any other ones before I get to my last one? Because my last one introduces a little, uh, a little problematic moment in the in the state of Lorcana. Uh, oh yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm cool with the song synergies that are coming out. Like, it's not really 
it's it's nothing crazy that that's gonna be like game altering. It's getting it's new just, toys though. Yeah, it, it's it's giving you new things to use, yeah. which is cool. Like, I like I, the Mulan. I like World's Greatest uh, Criminal Minds for that deck. I like. Uh, I don't think Steel has a that stuff, man. I don't think Steel has a song in this set, if I'm mistaken. That was like crazy. The uh, Strength of a Raging Fire. Song either. Well, Strength of a Raging Fire and Let the Storm Rage On are both songs, but I don't know that the so let, Strength of a Raging Fire actually could be pretty good. It deals damage to chosen character equal to the number of characters you have in play. Okay, no, that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. However, I don't think that uh, that like. The characters you would add to that deck, I think you just kind of you just get more choices. Oh, that's that's the next set. So the the strategy that I wanted to emphasize here is it's called Challenge Matters and it's a Ruby Steel archetype. I think it was also suggested by someone on Twitter. I forget the name. Sorry, but I'll post you up here. Um, oh yeah, Challenge Matters is a Steel Ruby setup where because you have Steel, you don't have to challenge just exerted stuff. You have the option on a moment's notice to challenge readied stuff. But also, Ruby, my favorite ink color, got a bunch of toys that boosted up the strategy that requires you to challenge. Back in set one, challenging, all it did was, was clear out the way for you to have safe questing. But now, challenging can be a win condition. With things like Sheer Khan, with things like Queen of Hearts, you can start to imagine a world where while you quest, you achieve the other great things in TCGs, drawing cards and winning the game. So Shere Khan in particular is a big part of something that's going on right now. This is not in Ruby Steel. It's in Ruby Amethyst, but this is a combo that I'm sure you've seen by now if you're tapped into other YouTube and Twitter sources for Lorcana. Yeah, it is, it is an infinite combo, and I will animate it onto the screen right now. You have Dr. Facilier, Agent Provocateur, you have Madame Mim, the Floodborne character. You have uh, LeFou in your hand. You exert Madame Mim, play LeFou. LeFou gains rush and will be banished by the end of the turn. LeFou has rush, so he challenges into something, hopefully getting banished in the process, because you have a Dr. Facilier, he goes back to your hand instead of staying in the discard pile. Now, if that were it, then it would just be a way to clear the board. For anything that's exerted, amethyst has ways of exerting stuff down, but now you just have to keep in mind like you have technically a lot of challenges. Now, what about if the, if you have Sheer Khan on board? If you have Sheer Khan on board, yeah. every single Lefou swing is one lore, which can start to add up. Even if you're not going infinite with it, that's still a problem because it means you can't really exert much and feel safe. So the other aspect of it is, how do I make it infinite? Well, if your opponent has something with two strength and resist one, and it's exerted, LeFou can challenge into it. He deals, he deals no damage to it, but takes damage and gets banished. Brings him back to your hand. Because the character took no damage, it's still there, waiting to be challenged over and over and over again. Um, this is something that will result in you, because of Shere Khan giving you Infinite lore. You get to 20 quick. If you have Queen of Hearts, it will give you, uh, instead of Shere Khan, it will draw you into Shere Khan, as long as you can still play him with your ink. Um, that being said, you also technically, I think, uh, LeFou would have to ready him up. So I was thinking you could Madame Mim the Shere Khan out, but you have to ready it, so it's fine. 
Um, is this going to kill the game, guys? No. no. It, requires, it requires like four specific cards at a specific time. around it whatever mm-hmm. you're asking for a lot yeah like it's you probably win the game if you have that kind of board state it's literally like say. it's literally like me like being like but hey you know this is gonna be great yeah in a vacuum hoping and praying yeah. and it lots it, of prayer i would say it kind of does a disservice to the archetype itself of challenge matters to like just pigeonhole it into a combo the the Ruby Steel version doesn't have the whole Meta Mim, uh, Doctor Facilier combo situation. It's just saying, I don't need to go infinite. Just put two sheer cons out there and let me swing with the new Scar. The new Scar can come down, challenge into something because it has Rush immediately. It can challenge into something. If it banishes it, readies up, challenge again. You can start to get four, six, eight lore if if you're going into a small board, and the sheer cons can themselves can quest. So. It can start to add up pretty quick. And I really love the idea of saying, like, oh, you thought that was safe? Um, I'm going to use Cinderella. Or, hey, you thought that was safe? I'm going to use Pick a Fight. And I'm going to challenge something that's readied and still keep my stuff going. So it's pretty dope. It is pretty dope. All right. That wraps up our strategies. Hopefully you found one. Tell us below what your favorite strategy that we talked about is. What are you most excited to play when you get your Rise of the Floodborne cards? But after this, we're going to have a short break, and we'll get to your mailbag questions before we wrap the show. See you soon. This episode is also sponsored by Texcana Podcast Studio. Wanting to start your very own podcast or voice web series? Well, Texcana Podcast Studio is the place for you. Whether it's true crime, sports, murder mystery, or a fun card game you want to talk about with your friends, Texcana Podcast Studio is here for all of your recording needs. Check out the link in the description below to schedule your first session today. Texcana Podcast Studio, where your voice is heard. Thank you very much to Texarkana Podcast Studio. Hey. That man right there. We are back for one of my favorite segments. I got to say, I love talking about Lorcana, but one thing I love more than talking about Lorcana is talking about Lorcana uh, with, with the questions that y'all give us. Is that different? Yeah. I also love talking to community members of our our audience. For sure. I love getting questions from y'all, especially when they're not Lorcana related. Exactly. I love it because as long as y'all get to know us uh, and we get to know you, we're building something here. Because the truth is, we're not here without you guys. Yeah. We need all of you who are watching. We appreciate you. And we love to take your questions. So hit up those community posts. We appreciate you. Speaking of community members, we have one Mm. Dylan Lane 8833. The man. The YouTube mailbag question selected was, Dylan Lane says, what do you think about the new Enchanted cards? Have a favorite? Any that you're surprised to see get the Enchanted treatment or passed over? So are there any we felt got snubbed or were there any that we were uh, surprised were in there? I'll say I was surprised that Cinderella was one. Yeah, that is kind of Because I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, isn't that, is that not a rare? It's a rare. It's a rare, yeah. yeah. I checked it. So... I was thinking, you know, super rare or legendaries get the get the enchanteds, but that that was one I was surprised. No, because Maui got it. Yeah, in the, true. In the last true. set, still, I would just say, like, you know, it's it caught me off guard. You know, what fair, I mean? fair, fair, fair. Um, I agree. So, where, what about y'all? Were there I any? I figured a Simba would get one pretty early oh, on yeah. too. 
Simba did. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah. The rightful heir. I mean, I mean, I'm not sure. Not Simba. Mufasa. Uh, Mufasa. Yeah, Mufasa. That's right. That I'm was an Amber Legendary too. Okay. So that's like yeah, a totally. That would have been. Yeah. Yeah. That that is a snub yeah. in my opinion. But if they did that, it'd be like both legendaries got one. So, I don't know. I am a little bit surprised that Scar, the legendary Ruby Scar, didn't oh, get yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, because I mean Nicholas Cole does fantastic art, so don't get me wrong. But last time he had fantastic art on cards like Aurora, Ooh. it got an enchanted too. So I'm just saying Scar's like an iconic character. He hasn't had one. However, there's one other that I did not show y'all. It's Shere Khan. Shere Khan has oh. a legend. That's my favorite. I'll start it off. My favorite, Dylan, my favorite is Shere Khan. It's like a close-up image. I'll show the card here. Shere Khan enchanted is definitely my favorite of the selections but i believe we all have a collective other answer other than the primary one so let's just say our primary ones first so what is your uh my personal favorite is alice yes because uh, alice be doing big house things i believe like, that's going to be the elsa of this set spirit of winter like the the enchanted oh, that, yeah, that yeah, stands yeah. above the rest i think yeah. it's alice uh, probably. i i think think she kind of falls under that same category as bell like oh for as the card yeah yes. as a card yes mm-hmm. um but yeah no i agree that yeah. she's probably going to get I was, more of the Elsa you sent love. alice in the group chat like the base card alice in, the oh, group, in our text yeah, yeah, chat yeah, yeah. whenever it was spoiled and i just thought i was in a mall in houston out of town and I, I stopped in the mall right in front of that chick-fil-a and i just like stared at it for a good three minutes because i'm like they really did that they made a whole this is so, this total, I hate tangents. <laughs> I have to do it, though. Someone, I forgot who it was, pointed out. I think it may have been Jaunty on their This Week in Ink episode. Jaunty When they out. were, like, reviewing the card. But he was like, you don't play support characters with Alice. Because she inherently gives everything support. You just want to play chunky stuff. You know what I mean? So, like, that card is, like, just, just so good. You can get so much value Fat out of beautiful. that. So, yeah, I just, I like your pick. I like the card. Back to it. Enchanted's. The Alice Enchanted is it's really solid. Really like, solid. It's so pretty. I love that growing through the entire house. Like, she already got big on the card. She's, like, filling up the room. She went big, like, big. The whole house is, like, her belt. Yeah. But, you know. Anthony, what's your what's your selection? Yeah. Favorite? You, you know I got to go with the amethyst, amethyst card. Yes. And my favorite is Arthur Wizard's Apprentice. Oh, dude. My God. Such the swirls. a good card. Yes. The, the, the swirls the magic are beautiful. Aura. Yes. But what is all of our second favorite, pretty much? Three, two, one, Cinderella. Cinderella. I've tried to draw stuff sometimes, and one of the hardest things for me to draw in color is light. Mm. Like, it's really hard to draw, like, something that's bright, mm. you know? And I just look at Cinderella, and I'm like, that is an ex- incredibly bright card, sure. you know? It's hard to pull that off. So it's like it gives it radiance. It, it lets it pop. Yeah. And so, you know, I just think it's it's – extraordinary art great job for sure who is the artist of that card i gotta i just gotta give him props because that that is a skilled thing to do one second it is casey robin shout out to casey robin the other enchanteds that we did not discuss beast namari snow white madam mim dragon um that one's really oh yeah Yeah. for sure they're all good a lady tremaine is one pete is one I'm, I'm oh, be, wait, Pete is one? Pete, dude. Yeah, these, I, we totally missed some of these enchants. I have not seen some of these live. Lady, oh my gosh. 
Sisu is more. We learned wait, something. Wait, Sisu the dragon? Boy? Yeah. You're learn- learning it live, folks. Dishonor. Oh, my God. Dishonor on you. <laughs> Dishonor on your cow. Dishonor on your whole family. That means Sheer Khan's still my favorite. Okay, Sheer Khan's still my favorite. Fine. He's, like, holding his paw up and everything. Like, just, it's it's sinister. I love it. Love the card. If I get, I, I want it. <laughs> I want it. Okay. We got to get past that question. We have one more question to answer. It is the Twitter question. It is from Joshua Troubadour. By the way, thank you, Dylan, for your question. Yes, thank you, Dylan, very much. Uh, Troubadour, we've answered a question from him before. He was very kind to us. Uh, he, uh, he graced us with another wonderful question. He says, I know we are all excited for set two, but we are also approaching the holidays. What fun traditions do each of you have for Thanksgiving and this time of year? Along with breaking into this new set, I'm looking forward to relaxing with family and enjoying good food. Same. Oh, my God. Same. I need some off days. Yeah. So, Anthony, let's start with what you. What off days, sir? Man, I need <laughs> let's, some off let's days. Let's start with you, Anthony. Other than your off days. Yeah. Um, what I, traditions do you have? What are you, what are you looking forward to? So, traditionally, <laughs> in those off days, my wife and uh, my mother-in-law and her, my wife's siblings, they all get together and they cook. And typically, not in my house. So is there a gumbo pot? <laughs> yeah, there better be a, a gumbo bunch pot. of them. So typically, like, uh, and don't eat gumbo. No, I don't. Yeah, that's a whole nother thing. A okay. whole nother rabbit hole. We'll have to go down one day. But um, <laughs> talking about the pickiest eater on the exactly. face of the planet. Exactly. This man right here. But typically, I don't do anything Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, I'm just at the, at the house, just chilling, like just walking around nope. naked. Wednesday, but <laughs> <laughs> wait. Next. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Wednesday is just yeah. a, a chill day. And then, of course, Thanksgiving, we get together. We start at my uh, mother-in-law's house, and then we go to my parents' house. You know, just mm-hmm. a full day of eating and then a coma right after it. Oh, absolutely. And then, of course, Christmas, I mean, it's basically essentially the same thing. But Christmas Eve, we typically go to not my mother-in-law's house this time, just one of the, of the kids house when you get married you yes, rotate things exactly rotate so this mm-hmm. year is my house so we're we're all gonna get together we're gonna, we open gifts on christmas Ooh. eve nice and nice, then nice. christmas day is like family time and you know mm. eating and whatever that's so what's important just absolutely a, a lot of family time doing yeah. the important things mm-hmm. yeah eating that food and comas yeah, <laughs> and com- yeah. <laughs> definitely the coma for sure, one hundred percent. Tyler, what's your uh, what are you looking forward to about the holidays, and what are your traditions? If you have anyone to spotlight, uh, I think a tradition that needs to happen, whether or not it it's already there or not, uh, is a friendsgiving. We don't have a friendsgiving. I don't think we've ever done a friendsgiving. That is not something no, that we have ever actually done. We are now adults. That is a necessary part of life. Friendsgiving, it is. We can we're, we're, we can get have my people call your people. <laughs> I got I got two families to appease, so that's the hard part. But I, I mean, mean, hey, I'm down for more turkey. I would I, always and mac uh, and cheese. That and uh, let's face it, my family is your family. Yeah, we, we've known each other long enough. It happens. Uh, but no, um, I came to your Thanksgiving last year. You did. I just realized that. I he was came, there. I just walked up to visit, and I was like, "Oh, we're having Thanksgiving now." And they just <laughs> and he just they walked just in. Said, Grab a plate. Let's go. <laughs> He just that was, walked. That in. was incredibly nice. That was don't hilarious. mind if I do. Yes, <laughs> it was delicious. It's just, oh no, it was amazing. So what? What are your traditions? You um. To? So, I okay. So kind of like Anthony, kind of alternate, mm-hmm. uh, because in my family, uh, both my siblings are both married, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, shout out to my my nephew, who I know for a fact watches the show. Um, <clears throat> yeah, hi Hudson. <laughs> uh, so, but lots of cooking, lots of eating, lots of coma. Uh, typically coma after the eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're doing coma before the eating, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, but same thing with Christmas. Um, we typically open gifts on Christmas Day. Um, it's gonna be kind of weird this year because um, this year is not like my parents' cr- Christmas. Mm-hmm. So um, so we're gonna be doing Christmas a little bit early, mm-hmm. uh, which should be fine. That's that's fine. Um. Is there anything that's like a staple of the holidays? You're like that item or that piece of food or whatever is like a staple. I'm gonna ask you the same thing. I'm just curious. Um, if you have to think about it, I don't ham. <laughs> ham, the ham, the baked ham. If, if the there's no baked. ham, cancel it. Can't <laughs> <laughs> send everybody home. There's the door. That is okay, a dishonor. Okay. Dishonor. Dishonor on yeah. you. Dishonor on the ham. You brought turkey. Oh, dishonor on your whole family. Exactly. You, you, you Just eat kidding. Turkey if you want, eat turkey because I, that I, stuff I, is I legit. I agree. Ham is like the staple. Yeah, no. Ham is ham is legit. What um, about you? You got any staples? Yeah, Sobopia cheesecake. Oh, I, I had that last year. That I was, was about to say that was, that was like, delicious. He was there for that. Good job, Miss Becky. It, oh, <laughs> so good, man. So good. Sobopia cheesecake is yeah. legit. Okay. So I would say my look forward to in tradition is uh, ever since I got married, I spend time a little bit after or a little bit before Thanksgiving with my wife's side of the family. And then my family usually has Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, We go out of town for that. But one of my traditions that I love is I started it last year with my wife's family. We have a family flag football day. Nice. Where we go and we play flag football. It's like a four on four, five on five kind of game. It gets the nephews and, and nieces involved. Yeah. It's it is so fun. So it kind of gets us all active, lets us get a little exercise before we eat like five thousand calories the next day. Um but this year it's probably gonna be during Christmas break because we can have more people there. Mm-hmm. But uh Thanksgiving is like it Thanksgiving's actually my favorite holiday of the year just because of the family time I get. I love football, so uh, I get to enjoy both food and football. Turducken. Yeah, and comas. And comas. But uh, the, uh, the Christmas tradition that I love that goes along with Thanksgiving, too, is I, my family and I make a red velvet cake, Ooh. a homemade red velvet cake. I need a piece. And it is. Can I get a slice? It's pretty good. I need a piece. And also, my brother makes a my, fantastic macaroni and cheese. See, I need some of that. My, too, so. my, problem, <laughs> my problem with this, this cake over here. That it's got walnuts. It's pecans. Oh, my bad. Oh, no. Anthony, See? you ate it one time and you liked it. I'm just going to say, maybe you lied to me, but you said you liked it. It, it was like in college or something. I don't Ro- know. Red velvet is just red velvet. No matter yeah. what you add to it. It's Trust amazing. me, it's good. Just, just, just Either wipe way. off the, the, the pecans and you're good. I probably Either, won't even taste it. You probably way. won't. Either way. Just texture. With the tradition, family first, food after. If you're not doing the family first, you're not enjoying the quality time you have with your loved ones, that's when I'll say you're doing it wrong. Uh, it's something that you, if you don't have it, you miss it, you know. And I know that uh, there were a couple of Thanksgivings in my life where I didn't have a chance to spend Thanksgiving with everybody. Like the family just couldn't line it up, and it was notably worse. So uh, I look forward to over Thanksgiving break enjoying Rise of the Floodborn. That's going to be so fun to actually have new cards to tear into and, and test out and build. I'll have a whole week off of work to enjoy it with the – I'm a teacher, so I get the school holiday – to enjoy that, it's going to be freaking sick. Definitely look for those box openings yeah. here very, very soon. Yeah. We'll be doing some fun stuff. 
uh, once again on the channel. Hopefully, we'll get this video out before we do yeah. a, a we'll box see. opening. But who we knows? We got comas. <laughs> we, exactly. we got comas to have. <laughs> All right. If this does come out after your starter deck tournament, I apologize. But we're doing our best. And if it doesn't, hey, yeah. you got some new content. Good that for you. That does wrap up the show, though. That unfortunately, oh. every all good things must end, and uh, I had a blast here today, guys. I don't know about you, but uh, I had a great time. Time to go back to hope, a coma. Yeah, time to go back. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you are watching on YouTube, do us a favor. Go down to that comment section right next to it's a like button. You'll see it. If you click that, that's great. There's a subscribe button. You click that, that's better. You uh, go down to the comment section. Let us know what you think while you're there. Tell us how much you enjoyed clicking that like button. It is a wonderful experience. Trust me. You turn watch it turn blue. You'll ne- your life will never be the same. So uh, do that for us. If you were listening on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, give us a rating. Let us know what you think. Give us feedback. We love looking at analytics and seeing those numbers of the audience we have. I never knew I had an audience on uh, Apple Podcasts until I looked at it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, 39% of our listeners are on Apple. Nice. Who would have known? I always look Holy at Spotify's uh, an- analytics, but... That was a little eye-opening experience. So thank you to everyone who's just chilling on Apple. But as I said, we've got to go to an end. So we have our tradition. Tyler. Hey, digital me. Take us out. Thanks again, guys, for listening to Ready Set Live. If you could like and share the content and subscribe to the channel, as well as hitting that notification bell for updates on when we post new content. Don't forget to leave a comment as we check for any questions that you guys might have, as well as things to add to our mailbag portion of the podcast. And who knows, maybe your question will be answered in the next episode. And thanks again to Texarkana Podcast Studio for their contribution in making this episode possible. As always, this is the crew from Ready, Set, Draw, ending our turn.